Welcome to Small Business Big Impact. These are lessons from the trenches of running a business with a multiple bottom line. Purpose, people, planet, and profit. Get the inside scoop on what it takes to succeed at using business as a force for good. Shivani and Jessica are the dynamic duo behind Pathfinder. They have been working on innovative approaches to global development for over eight years, and yet they still see themselves as a startup. In this episode, they were willing to talk about the thorny but all too familiar topic of imposter syndrome. While they insist that the path to self-realization and confidence is an arduous one, and that it's paid mostly through hard work and diligence, I think you'll notice that the major ingredients in their secret sauce has been their resolute determination and the strong chemistry of their partnership. Together, we'll explore the experience of imposter syndrome. So Shivani and Jessica, Mm -hmm. we were going to talk about imposter syndrome. And this is something that I think that is often, um, it's not a dirty secret, but it's something that it's, you know, because of the nature of the experience, it can be be sometimes hard to talk about. And so the fact that you two have chosen to speak about this, I, I greatly appreciate because there's so many of us have experienced this at least once, if not multiple times, depending on how many projects we started. Mm-hmm. And it's always so great to unpack these things. I, I greatly appreciate the two of you taking some time to share about this topic. Well, thank you so much for having us on. We um, we also just thought it was fitting to discuss imposter syndrome, but also the way we, I guess, work around it and worked around it from the beginning um, because Shivani and I just basically started Pathfinder, was it eight years ago now, Shivani? <laughs> um, and yeah, we're going on eight years actually next month and um, we just hit the ground running and we try and, we tr- you know, we're sort of, I would say, jack of all trades, master of none, if you will. We've got expertise in many different areas. We've got in between the two of us, we've got, I don't know how many years or decades of, ex- of academic experience and, and work experience. Um, but we always felt like we weren't experts in one particular topic. And so when we started Pathfinder, it was an accumulation of all of our expertise and all of our knowledge. And we by no means felt that we were 100% ready to sort of to launch. And I think that's a big lesson that we just kind of want to share with everyone is that don't wait because that moment is never going to come. Um, and if you feel that that moment is there, it probably, you've probably missed your mark. Um, you've probably missed your opportunity because it is so rare that anyone will start anything successful when they feel that they're hundred um, percent ready, whether that be, you know, logistically or, you know, financially or with expertise and everything. So I think for us today, the big message is that you know, nobody is a hundred percent an expert in anything that they do. Um, and so we've definitely, we definitely resonate with this feeling of, you know, this imposter syndrome, but we, I think are quite confident in the way we've worked around it. Right, Giovanni? Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm going to have to agree with that. I, it, we did, um, we did learn some really tough lessons along the way, but we also, uh, there were a few things that we learned that were, I thought, really key in getting past this. So one of the big things was when we first began, uh, I think there was a there was a measure of this for Jess as well. But my dad and I, he still maintains this, by the way, but my dad would say, hey, when are you going to stop working on this new hobby of yours and go back to Wall Street? And I think that he's still holding out hope. So 
even though you know i'm i'm working in a whole new career in a whole new world sort of you know he just he just really hopes that one day i will go back to doing what he thought was the thing i should be doing for the rest of my life so it's you know and and in the beginning it used to really be it, it's hurtful right when someone you love and someone who loves you the, the first person you would think to support you is so not supportive of what you want to do but uh but you learn along the way that you know um basically you have to get to a place where um you decide for yourself that you are out here to learn everything you can right so you learn along the way and with every bit of success with every failure it's a lesson and with every bit of critique you have to sort of distinguish um you know useful critique from from personal opinion or personal criticism it's if you get into this mindset of of constantly learning and also practice chucking the rest of the noise i think you just remove that extra pressure on yourself that sort of adds to the whole concept of imposter syndrome so like if you are not expecting yourself to deliver the next you know nobel peace prize winning solution then then you know that's you you beat the syndrome <laughs> Yeah. And I just want to add to that. Yeah. Because it, I totally, you know, we resonate with that. And I think the thing is, is that we put that's what I'm saying, we put this pressure on ourselves, but it's also really, we have to be a little bit generous and a little bit understanding that our industry is not an easy industry to understand. Right. So um, when you're trying to explain what a social impact a business is or a social enterprise is, it's much easier to understand where, you know, where, let's say where Shivani originally came from, she was working on, all, on Wall Street. So you can see the practicality and then the, the certainty of that and the comfort in working in that industry. So we, you know, we have to allow for a little bit of that kind of, you know, um, the, the fact that not everybody is not, not necessarily caught up, but not everybody understands or lives in the same social impact space that we live in. And so we're so you know, we're so intertwined with the lingo and, you know, the SDGs and, you know, social impact measurements and all of this. And we kind of expect everybody to, to be on board. But in fact, people, um, not just people of different generations, in fact, the majority of the world, uh, the way that we are, the way that we operate um, isn't, it doesn't necessarily resonate with people. They understand we're trying to do good, but they don't really understand our model. Is it, you know, voluntary? Because if you're in the social impact space, are you just doing this as a side hustle? Is it, you know, there's all of these things. And so I think for us getting taken seriously was a, a big thing in the beginning and you're almost trying to prove it. And you're sort of thinking, you know, you're, you're creating your own benchmarks um, of what success is. And, and I think, yeah, that's the whole thing is we have to have a little bit of forgiveness for people not un completely understanding this industry. They know that we're trying to do good. And I think they support that. But they're sort of like, why would you leave this cushiony job of making X amount of money and taking this huge risk? You know, because I think Shivani and I, our stories, we both we both took a big risk to start Pathfinder years ago, um, leaving quite comfortable jobs. But that was because we saw a bigger purpose in this. And so I think if you understand that yourselves, um, and you understand why you're doing what you're doing and you create those own measurements yourself, 
then who cares what other people think? Because along, right? I mean, and that's something <laughs> we didn't learn overnight. It's something that we were always just so stubborn. I think Shivani and so hardworking that for us, it was so clear and it was almost frustrating. Like, why don't other people get this? Um, and the truth is, is that it didn't matter. It didn't, doesn't matter if they get it or not. As long as we get it, that's our measurement of success, right? Sorry, go ahead. But also... Yeah, but but just in to continue that little thought, like we we would often find ourselves in a situation where I remember one time we were speaking with this um, elite university when we had just started and their question for us was, well, why should we go with you? What do you have to offer? You know, and I remember I was just so hurt by that. And, uh, yeah. and that's perfect. Yeah. And, and, you know, it was just I thought it was personal and it just really offended me. And, and, and you know, I was just like, well, of course, you would say that you're an elite university, you know, and um, and so th there's all these feelings. And then but what happens is we would talk to each other a lot about these things. And in the beginning, there was a lot of rejection, eh? like there's so much. And, and we sort of with practice came to this place where our intention and our action aligned. So what happened was we would get critique, we would get criticism. And it was, you know, I mean, yeah, your parents are like, wait, what are you doing? Why are you doing it? But, you know, potential clients, investors, they are a lot harsher sometimes, right? So, you would hear all of this feedback uh, about how, you know, you weren't resonating with people or, or that you didn't have something that made any sense to them or why you. And we just decided that, you know, the only way we were going to proceed with this stuff was to take what was useful critique and just chuck the rest. Right. So how somebody feels about us, how somebody feels is their problem. But what we want to do on our end is our best to sort of articulate what it is that we are offering. So with practice, uh, not only did our model become, uh, I guess, more streamlined or, or just clearer, uh, but also we became better at talking about it and selling it to a wider audience. So it kind of works in that it puts you through the ringer. And if you have a healthy attitude about learning and accepting uh, critique where it is useful, then, then you grow with this experience. But of course, it takes a lot of practice to not take rejection personally. Yeah. and It sounds like, uh, like the grit that mm -hmm. polishes you. Exactly. Situation. That's exactly it. Like now, I mean, <laughs> Jess and I, we don't even bat an eyelid when we get rejected for something now. And, you know, we, we always do try to ask, you know, why? So just for the lesson in it for ourselves, you know? So if we didn't get this one deal um, that we were really close to and we came neck to neck with somebody else, why not us? And those lessons are always fantastic because a lot of the time um, it's something either something you could actually do to do better for yourself. But a lot of the time it's, it's just, you know, what they are comfortable with, their mindset, their choices, their experiences in life. And that has nothing to do with you. So you could have left that conversation feeling in some way less yeah. than, but turns out it had nothing to do with you. You did your best. Exactly. Yeah. And, yeah, and, and also important. I just want to add to that in terms of, you know, we don't see them, we call them failures just because that's the word that's associated with it, but they are challenges, they're hurdles, but they're such big lessons learned. And I think that was our... I think it's the key to, to, to success 
and getting past that kind of hump of the, you know, the two years of the, the startup, the startup years um, where the majority of social enterprises fail. Um, and that's being able to take all of that constructive criticism and even the non-constructive criticism and learning from those, those lessons. And also understanding from the beginning, we, as I said, we didn't have, like our business model has changed and evolved so much. So I think our strength has really been in taking and be able to be sort of sponges and absorb all this, but be able to be adaptable and agile, especially given the last few years of uncertainty. And that's why I think we're still alive and, and, and thriving as well um, and doing well and sort of rebounding after the pandemic because we always operated in this way, this agile way of going, okay, you know what, actually the market is telling us this isn't working. We're not going to change our core values or our core, um, you know, selling point or whatever, or, or services, but we do need to maybe adapt and adjust based on the feedback that we've had. So I think that to us has been, rather than seeing them as failures, they've really been lessons and really valuable to us. It sounds to me that one of the ingredients that has helped the two of you uh, overcome the challenges is just sheer determination. <laughs> I'm yes. getting a strong <laughs> sense of that. Um, but I also have, a, also have a sense of that I'm imagining that there being two of you, that, the, yes. that you at least have one other person who like is with you, believes in it, exactly. um, or wants to like, you know, reflect and support. That's got to have been super helpful. A hundred percent. I think Jess and I have both said this at various points um, and and I'm fairly confident Jess feels the same way still. But yes, I mean, of course, we were we were determined, you know, we this is something we believed in. This is something we do believe in today. And uh, and we will keep doing this because because we strongly committed to it and um, and we'll keep finding ways to learn and grow and evolve as as required. But really, um, I do not think that I would do this on my own and I there's nobody else that I would rather run a business with like it's just it's incredible to me that we can be in completely different parts of the world um, you know and and just our values are so deeply aligned and we hold each other to account and and you know it's just been so fantastic um, to be able to grow together and lean on each other. Um, so yeah, I, I fully agree with you. I think that's on the yeah, mark. I think it is. So I'm wondering about other, uh, the other ingredients, because I mean, you not, you're about eight in, you're now eight years in. So the, 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 the stings of the imposter syndrome are maybe not so fresh, but I'm wondering if you can recall some of the inner tricks or inner resources that you developed and like how you might have developed them. Um, I just, I just want to add quickly to Shivani's point and then answer your, your, your question is that we also, you know, should the, the, the key to this, I think to Pathfinder is our partnership. And we've always been told a lot of it, that the success in our kind of shop window is us, right. Is that partnership. And also this combination of, um, you know, I'm an idealist, Shivani's a realist, and we have these really deep conversations, but it all comes back to Shivani was saying those core values. But we also have, even though we've been questioned, and, and I think as every startup, every social enterprise has been in the beginning, we also have a really good support network too, right? Shivani, we've got some awesome friends and family um, that do support us and and also some big names too. We've been, you know, a big industry um leaders that have also that also do support us so that's really encouraging because you think okay if I can be in the same room as the Ashokas and School Foundation and and you know and and be able to have conversations with them then I must be doing something right so um I think 
not only our, our sort of our, our small key, you know, network has been uh, encouraging, but also that wider network and seeing that just the two of us are being able to kind of be in that room of conversation has been huge, I think, in terms of helping with whatever imposter syndrome we may have had in the beginning. Um, but I think in terms of resources, to answer your question, um, it's been, yeah, a lot of hard work, but also knowledge and experience in, in growing our knowledge. So we, as I said, hit the ground running, but we also simultaneously were taking courses and free online courses and getting engaged in as many events and seminars and free sessions and as much as we could just to capture and to, you know, feed our brains and to get as smart as we could in this industry, even though I already had a master's in, in you know, in international law and, um, and, and political science and all these things, we still felt like you're only as relevant as the last kind of course you've taken or the, you know, because it's such a fast paced industry. So we literally just, we studied simultaneously. And that was, I think, one of the biggest resources for us, wasn't it, Giovanni? Yeah, I think, I mean, I was thinking of all of the things that uh, in terms of ingredients that would would have made it work for us. And I, I think that uh, both of us are, you know, really, I mean, Jeff, Jess is a lifelong academic, so there's no doubt about that, that there, but we're both lifelong learners. Um, you know, it, it, I mean, talking about imposter syndrome, it's, it's my, it's a nightmare of mine to think of myself as some sort of genius walk into a room and make absolutely no sense. Like that's my, that's my private nightmare, you know? So, so, <laughs> I think it also helps that, like like Jess said, it's, you know, don't underestimate the power of not caring what other people think of you, right? If your only commitment is to yourself, right? And your commitment is that we are going to do our best, which means which means taking the time to learn everything we can, access as much as we can, do as many hours as it takes, do the hard work, um, if we've committed to that, um, then really, you know, I think that that's the best indicator um, for how well, I guess, we are we are feeling because that's what imposter syndrome is, right? It's, it's how we feel about ourselves. So, I, yeah, I think that we knew that we were we were doing everything we would respect. And that was good for us. Now, if we were sitting somewhere and and just, you know, doing as little as possible or doing, you know, a little bit and then whining about not being taken taken seriously, then, yeah, that's a different that's a different game. Not because yeah, I'm sure you can be brilliant and not have to constantly learn. Um, actually, I'm not sure about that, but I, I feel like <laughs> li lifelong learning is kind of key. And we both agreed on that. And also there's my dad would be very proud of me for saying this, but there's no substitute for hard work. Yes. Right. So there's lifelong Absolutely. learning. There's hard and, work. Yeah. And tenacity. Uh, there's persistence. I was, you're, you said persistence. Yeah. I was just going to say we are so I think there's one one commonality in our personalities is that we are so, I think, stubborn when I put my mind to something I'm going to do it and but I have to have the passion I have to believe in it right um to make it worth worth my while and and that's Shivani's the same so we both it's hard work but it's also no we're not going to give up we're going to try every angle and okay fine once if that door really is closed then we're not gonna you know we're, we're we you also have to acknowledge when you need to step back but we are going to exhaust every possibility and if we've given it our all and we feel comfortable with that then okay 
what's the lesson to be learned out of this, but it's not, Oh, let me just send out exactly. one email and see how it goes. And then, you know, it's very much, we, you have to be hardworking, but you have to be determined I think because no one, it, it, there's no, we're not smarter than anyone. We're not faster. We're not better. We're not richer than anybody, you know? So there's, it really was about, it really was about the hard work that we put in in the first few years and we continue to put in, um, but about just not giving up as well. Yeah, that's, it seems to be a, another touchstone of uh, entrepreneurialism because oftentimes, because it's not exactly the easiest thing to do, period. And then, you know, social impact makes it even more interesting many times. And I'm, I'm curious though, the whole concept of, of, imposter syndrome in some respects is like a delusion in our in our own minds like the lizard brain you know in the face of concern and, and newness you know lizard brain kicks in and, and tries to throw all kinds of danger at us uh, to try to make us safe when maybe it's not even it's not even dangerous in the first place now you know the trying i hear that the two of you are really prone to sort of doubling down and trying to make sure that you have do additional training and that sort of thing and that's a definitely a, a, not only is it does it have a value in of itself, but it also helps alleviate the sense of like, well, I don't know enough. I don't, you know, whatever, I'm not smart enough. But that can also become a hamster wheel. Right. You know, you can spend all this time trying to like get trying to like prove to yourself and others that you're that you're enough. And then that energy can sort of take away from what you're actually trying to accomplish and actually just coming to uh, coming to the experience of recognizing right. that I'm enough. And I'm wondering how, how you, the two of you, um, manage that balance. So I think the number one thing here is, you know, that we don't actually, we really don't worry about being enough. And and it's not, it's not about because we know we're all that. That's not at all it, you know, in no way. <laughs> we were talking earlier and I was like, do you ever consider yourself an expert? And, and we just find that sort of terminology so bizarre because we don't think we're experts. We certainly have expertise. We have impressive resumes to boot, but, um, and, and I'm confident that, you know, when we join conversations that are relevant, we, we add some value to that. So it's, it's not about not understanding our value, but also we've never sort of put that pressure on ourselves to be seen in a certain light by somebody else. So if you're going in and you've done all the work you could possibly do and you give it your best and it doesn't work out, it's a really good feeling to sort of walk away and be like, you know what, we tried. And then you do this a few times and it doesn't work out. And now you've learned that actually maybe we've been missing something. Maybe this is not a thing. You know, and 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 that's it, it, it's amazing. Like if you just remove the what I am expected to do from the equation, and and really you hold yourself accountable to your own standards. You do the work, and you give it your best, and you learn from a series of you know, like if you go on, like you said, in a hamster wheel. If you keep trying the same thing and it's not working, but you keep going, you keep going. It isn't about persistence for the sake of it. It's about persistence in finding the solution, mm -hmm. right? So it's not that we would just right. going at the same thing again and again and again until we, out of sheer force of will, make it happen, though we have done that too. But what we try to do is really use, use the lessons and everything. And I remember this so clearly, like this was right after that university had been, as I like to say, mean to us. <laughs> um, 
I remember having mm. this conversation with Jess and I was just like, it just really hurts. Like, I'm so tired of the rejections. And I remember that day we talked about it and we decided that, you know what, we were just not going to let this stuff get to us anymore. So the most we feel at any point when someone rejects us is a sense of disappointment if it was a project we wanted to do. Yeah. And then we, we literally have the conversation. What did we learn from this? Like, this is a conversation not, we have. It's also not personal, every- but I just want to add that it's hard I think in the beginning to separate the personal from the business, because we are so much of us is in the business and so much of the business is personal for us. So I think that was our first, probably our first real like rejection. And then when I think about the conversation now, Oh, like the, the embarrassment of, we were probably weren't ready. We probably weren't, there were probably so many things that we learned from it, but we were also still asking ourselves questions. I think there was value in what we were doing, but we just did, you know, we've learned so much since then. And so I think, part of that evolution of, you know, of learning from, from those, you know, lessons learned and, and those, mis- those mistakes, if you want to call them or, or whatever, those kind of experiences um, that for us, that for us was okay. Taking, taking the good parts of it, but learning from the bad, but also Shivani said was, it's not personal. We can't let this affect us and, and stop us. And I think that might be the difference between success and non-success and, and, and having a business perhaps fail in the first few years, because if you get enough of those, it's trying, it's tough. And so the difference perhaps is really that tenacity and going, no, we are worth it. Let's keep going. Let's learn from it because it's very easy to say, listen, we've gotten a few of these rejections. Maybe there is no place for us in the market. Let's go back to our day jobs kind of thing. And we just weren't having it. We went, let's, we're, we're going to persist. And I think that for us was a huge, that was, a, you know, we're still talking about it. And this was seven years ago. So um, it was obviously a pivotal moment for us. Yeah. Well, it sounds to me that, that to, to a certain degree, that that's being in the social impact space, uh, being connected to something that feels deeply important and meaningful is, um, is a super, is an amazing asset because at least you, you can lean back on that and sort of say like, well, I may be having a hard time right now, but this thing needs to happen. Yeah. Yeah, you're probably right. I mean, this was the other thing is, right? Like, I don't want us to sound like, you know, we weren't going into a t-shirt heavy market to sell more t-shirts and persisting, you know? We were working in an industry that is ripe with gaps and holes and challenges. And really, like, no amount of effort we put in could be enough, right? And it's just, it's... It just wasn't practically sensible to me that we didn't have anything to offer. And I think Jess would agree with that. Like we just, we knew we had, we had stuff to offer, you know, um, but we just had to work out where, where that niche was or where we were most needed at the time or, you know, so it's, it's also, you kind of have to be quite realistic with yourself. I mean, you, you might have a business plan that makes absolutely no sense or you're not a good enough competitor. And then that's a difficult conversation mm-hmm. to have. But we've had one of those. Like we, early in the game, we were wondering if we should go the investor route and uh, should we consider investors? And we did a lot of work around yeah. that. And then we learned that actually, you know what? We're not the kind of company people want to invest in. We're the kind of company that works as a consulting model. And we found that out the hard way because we chased every lead down until we had learned what we needed to learn. And then we adjusted mm-hmm. our model. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where our niche, like perhaps mm-hmm. our the, the niche of Pathfinder is really the fact that we are 
so adaptable and agile. And of course, as we we're saying, we have a lot of um, expertise. We don't feel like experts because we wear many hats. Um, I still, you know, I'm about to hopefully about to um, get my PhD in the next few weeks. Eek. Um, but, uh, but, and I'm still, like Shmani was saying, a lifelong academic. And then I've worked with the UN and I've worked with the European Commission. I've worked with government. I've worked with, you know, all of these. And, but still, you still don't feel like you're an expert. And one of them, Shivani as well, has this resume that's incredible. But that's perhaps our selling point is that we are able to speak to, and that's part of our, our business model as well. And our unique, our unique model of, of, of consulting is we consult with academia, with government and with social entrepreneurs. Um, to scale sustainably, essentially, and to work towards the achieving the SDGs. And we never claim to be experts in one of the SDGs or experts in one of the industries. Our expertise, if you will, is being able to work um, with all of these um, different players in the industry because of our experience. And I think that's where we're different. Uh, and then being able to accommodate and pull from, from, from different experience and leverage our different hats as well um, within different networks. And, and so I think that's where we're a little bit different. And we didn't know that coming in. We thought, oh, we're going to use Jess's experience in international development and Shivani's in business. And we're then going to be, you know, experts in this and that. And then it was only along the way that we, we went, actually, we're more than that. We're this kind of evolving beautiful model that we need to leverage all of our sort of life's experience um, and 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 make it work in that way because there's a million different consultancies out there and so this is where I think we're a little bit different. Well it sounds like that you know the evolution is that you start in and you're have all these worries about whether you're what you have to offer or whether you're good enough or whatever whatever imposter syndrome is is the sense of I don't know what I'm doing here, or I don't know if I can have, I have enough here. But what I hear you describing is just this evolution of self-discovery, you know, both probably personally as well as professionally. And, uh, you know, that it's, you know, through various experiences that you're sort of come to get clearer and clearer around like, well, who are, who are we um, personally? Who are we um, in this industry? And then keep on angling until you can you know, clearly stand up and say, like, this is this is what we are. We we know we we don't have to worry about the threat of people thinking something or other because yes, we know and who also we are. I want to just I, you know, and I just quickly chatted before, and we were saying, but you almost never want to get to that point where you're fully, entirely, uh, you've you've reached the 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 end line or whatever it is, and you've gone, oh well, this is yeah, this is where we want to be. We kind of always want to be evolving and growing and and writing our own path because we feel like, you know, once you reach a point where you're fully hundred percent confident, that's when you're not learning anymore. So I think Shivani and I are knowing your self-worth is a big, is a big deal. And I think we've definitely come a long way in the past eight years of understanding our self-worth and that's either, you know, financially, but also in terms of resources, time, all of these things. But, um, but then being positioned, as you're saying in, within the industry, that's something that I hope we will understand what our messaging is and all of this, but we also hope that that also, you know, always evolves as well, because that's part of the, that's what makes the journey so enjoyable. And so interesting is that it's always changing, you know, that benchmark. Yeah. Um, also just to add to that, like I think about it and, and really, I mean, you know, there are really no formulas, right? Like what works for one person works for another. So then it doesn't may not work for another. So then you're thinking of, you know, what sort of values or qualities uh, are common amongst those who sort of sustain. And I think that for us, um, 
it was this idea that, you know, we both enjoy so much coming up with uh, sort of specific solutions and 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 truly sort of engaging in a systemic way, way before, by the way, systemic change was the thing. Um, you know, this this is something we enjoy doing. So certainly believing it and enjoying it is 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 good. But, you know, it is a lot of professional inevitably and also personal growth. Right. And the thing about growth is the thing about growth is that if you want it to stick if you want it to be change, it takes practice, right? Your brain literally has to make new pathways and, you know, you have to get into the habit of thinking a certain way, of performing a certain way. I mean, it takes work, right? So, and you, and, and you know, I'm not a big fan of using this word, but like you, you have to quite intentionally want to evolve and, and being committed to that at the outset certainly helps. And then, Here's my favorite one. When all else is failing, I remind myself, and you, you might laugh, but I remind myself of the phrase that all I know is that I know nothing, the Socrates phrase. And then I'm standing there thinking, oh, well, you know, that's got to apply to them as well. So <laughs> we're all really on the same playing field and we're all kind of just, you know, intimidated by each other. But really, if you just if you just learn everything you can and, and, and like literally everything you learn is good and, uh, and, you know, work your hardest um, and, and you stay true to what it is that you intend to do and, you know, you hold firm on your values and you continue to evolve, then you do end up quite enjoying the ride. Like, uh, you know, we're not, we're not millionaires or anything. <laughs> we're not even, um, you know, making like a whole bunch of money on this, but we are growing steadily and we are no longer pressuring ourselves to be at a certain benchmark by a certain time in our lives. You know, we're just, we're doing our journey our way and we're enjoying it. And it's, it's fun. this Yeah. Way. And I just want to add, how fun is it that we're able to do like do what we love and work on these projects that are making clear, impactful um, differences, but also that we're getting paid to do it. I mean, for us, it was, wasn't a question of doing it voluntarily, I don't think ever, but it was the question, you know, that's our model is, is sustained because it is a for-profit. But I think the fact that we're getting paid to go out and do some of the work that we're doing is incredible. I mean, I never thought, and people say to us often, oh, you're so lucky you get to do this. And it's like, we're not lucky. It's just the, we, we had an idea. We firmly believed in it because that's a huge chunk of it. Um, if you don't believe, and if you're not hundred percent committed or passionate, then why would you expect anybody else to, to be along for the ride? Right. So I think that's, you know, there's less of anything, there's no formula, but when you see those that are successful, I think a lot of it is yeah, hard work. And then really believing in what you're selling and in what you're doing. Um, and then again, how lucky are we to be able to doing, be able to do this for a living? Um, I never thought in my wildest dreams, I mean, we've worked with some incredible, uh, incredible partners, incredible clients and, you know, at the end you go, oh, you almost kind of forget you're getting paid to do this. And so it's, it's just been, I think for us, um, and, and all of that is driven off of passion, right? Is for Shivani and I going, not accepting the status quo and saying, we need, we want to, we want to make a difference here. And that I think is what drives us. Again, we're not selling t-shirts. If we were, I think we probably would have given up on that phone call seven years ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think so. Although maybe sometimes I, I, sometimes I wonder if we should call them a back and do like a pretty woman moment and be like, yeah, look where we are now. Huge. Yeah. <laughs>
Yeah. And sell them a t-shirt. You know, um, <laughs> um, so I, you know, it's, it's, it seems clear to me that like a big part of this is, uh, is the journey, like the, the journey is what gets you here. And so it's, you know, it's almost a, a silly statement to say, well, how could, how could it be, a, how could it be made shorter? Uh, what, what might there, what shortcut might there have been, you know, if somehow, um, you can magically go back in time and, and uh, you know, uh, be inspired or whisper in your ear or something. But maybe there's something that could make it easier. And um, for those people who might still be in that early stage and mm. slogging it through, then that point, part of it. You know, that's a really good question. But I wonder almost, I mean, there's, there's two things. One, you know, when we were, when we were working on this, you know, and, and possibly still now, I just, I'm not on those mailing lists, but you're constantly bombarded with like quick read articles about five things to succeed, three things to do, three things to wake up to, you know, like there's so much of that. There's so much advice around what you should be doing that you completely get carried away by it sometimes like it becomes kind of like a race you know and and the part where I think that it's hard to break it down to something quicker I mean I feel like these are lessons that you learn best through practice right so so I think that we were a lot more ambitious when we did start out uh, with you know with what we wanted to do how much we wanted to make by by what time and then we learned the lessons along the way and we found our pace and we found our peace and, uh, and we built faith in, in our own sort of structure. And I don't know if those are quick lessons to be had, right? Like, I, I don't know if you learn, like if you told 20 year old me that I was going to spend the rest of my life learning, I would have completely not believed you. There was no way I was going to be that person, you know, but, but that's, that's what I believe very much now. I think anytime anyone asks me for one piece of advice, I always say, never stop learning and anything you learn yeah. is good. So it doesn't have to be anything specific, right? So you just, these are lessons you learn along the way. And I think part of that is, I, I hate to say it, but like wisdom you develop with practice and age. Yeah. And I think just, I, I, I agree. I don't think there's a shortcut, um, the only thing that would be a shortcut would be to take a complete risk and, you know, take out a massive loan and, and invest only, you know, 80 hours a week in your startup. And you would probably see if it would sink or swim in the first six months and, that, and that's it. And maybe that's the only way that you can fast track, but then also that's the quickest way to fail as well. So for me, especially in the social impact industry, it's just about embracing the journey and then being open. You have to be open-minded. Um, so many, because this is also what we teach and what we, we have to preach what we teach, right? Because we are teaching about, you know, business models that are agile and we are a total example of that. Um, and so we've embraced the journey, but we've also adapted to it and accepted things and, understood why things didn't work and 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 if we didn't understand we would put a pin in it and come back to it with a little bit more experience and and try and reflect on it and so I think that's it's just about embracing the journey um and the and there's no I don't think there's any kind of quick solution um uh, because again we're not we're not selling t-shirts here so you have to be adjustable and adaptable to the industry around you uh and there's no quick solution to to you know 
fixing or achieving the SDGs. It's a slow and steady, it's a marathon, right? Not a sprint. So <laughs> I was just going to ask Jess, um, I, I don't think I've been asked this question before, but like if you could do one thing differently going back, would, would there be a thing and what would that be? Yeah, that's, yeah, to come back to the question. Um, and I was thinking of that and I actually, I mean, I don't want to sound too cheesy or anything, but I don't really, I actually don't really think I would change anything. Um, I know yeah, what it sounds like. I was thinking sounds, the exact yeah. same thing. Does that sound ridiculous? But there's not, I don't know. Do you know what? I think one thing I would change is now when I look back, um, and this applies to all parts of my life, eh? yeah. so it's not just about Pathfinder, but I think I could have been kinder to myself when yes. I was young. Okay, yes. um, yeah. And we could have been kinder to ourselves, I think. Uh, we could have been gentler, right? We were really, we were, we were quite we were quite tough on ourselves. And, and I think partly that's what sort of drove us to get to the point yeah, we are definitely. in. But when you look back, you know, it was tough enough without us making it worse for ourselves. So really I guess yeah. that would be. Yeah, it's certainly telling that it took you all to, all to this point to, to come to uh, come to that realization. Because oh, I, yeah. I get this, such a strong sense of both of you is how how determined and focused yeah. that you are. Uh, and the the whole idea is like, oh yeah, kindness. That yeah, might yeah. Been, that, that might have helped. <laughs> Could have been kind. That's hilarious. Yeah, I, and I, I agree. We should have. But then it's and it's funny that I don't know if we would have had the results we have now if we didn't. It's not that we weren't mean. We weren't, you know. But we were definitely hard on ourselves in the way that we were. We put gave ourselves some pretty um, pretty big, you know, KPIs, and 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 we had quite a lot. We we really. Shot, went for it you know we were small there's the two of us and we <laughs> went for some really big audacious goals which I think is probably the key to, to to some of our success um so maybe that was you know being hard on ourselves was was good but I know what you mean in terms of you know I reflect on it and I think we should have been I think in general people will always say this with a bit of reflection be kinder to yourself and be more it's okay. And that's part of the imposter syndrome thing, isn't it? Is that you are good enough and knowing that self, that self-worth. So I, I agree with that. I think just in general in life, I wish, you know, 20 year old me would have known that it's about, again, like it's so cliche, but it's about the journey. Don't worry. Like you know, failures are not the end of the world and all of that. They're part of the, the exactly. building block. So I totally agree with what you, I resonate with what you're saying, Shivani. It really is like if you told 20 year old me that it's about the journey, not the end or the finish or whatever the saying is, I would have like made a big bar face at you. But roll your eyes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I'm like, what kind of weird stuff is that to say? Um, but now, you know, you just you get to a certain part of life and, and you've been through a certain number of things and then you just you just recognize that really if we all do end up in the same place. So, so why do we start out on this, you know, this really tough yeah. race? I mean, I, I guess I, I know why I did. I, I know the circumstances that I had to overcome and, and, you know, and then that's the person you become and all of that. But, but yeah, it really a hundred percent, it's about the ride. You have to enjoy the ride. And the moment that mind shift sort of happens, you know, a lot changes. Yeah, but I think a lot of the reason why there's, mm -hmm. you know, this 
this sense of um, it's almost competition or that it is a race is because that's what's ingrained in you when you're when you're when you're growing up and when you're gaining this experience and um, both professionally and personally. And so I think that, you know, a lot of what we're talking about today or what we've spoken about was, is that um, exterior thinking that people are judging or people you're, you're comparing yourselves. And, and, and honestly, we're, we have that reflection now, but that's, that's something that does drive you, but that's, that's part of what society is, what that's all of what society is telling you, you have to be X, Y, and Z. And that's what success is. And I think along the way, both personally and professionally, Shivani and I kind of learned that, no, we're going to, we're, you know, screw society, sorry, but we are going to be the ones who are going to measure our own level of success. And we're going to define what that is. And now it is honestly, it is, of course, we want to get, you know, you, you have to get paid for what you, what you do and what you put in. We do a lot of pro bono fine because it's part of being a B corporation and all that. But when we work, we are legitimately, every client that we take on is doing some, something really good and that we really believe in. And it is so exciting. And then there's that, you know, and that to me is success. If I've, if we've helped them achieve their goals and they come out of it, we just worked with, you know, some students in a university last week and we were actually together. And, and it was just so that to me is success that seeing their faces, seeing that we've helped them with their social enterprises, you know, that success is also working with government yeah. on a policy paper that we know is going to be impactful for thousands, if not hopefully millions of people that to us, that to me is success. It's, it's not what society is saying you need to be X, Y, and Z. And I think 20 years ago, that really was, those were, there were some clear measurements of what success was. Now, hopefully this new generation doesn't have that, what, whatever we thought success was, Shivani. And I think that's why, yeah, we just need you to be kinder to yourself and learn and enjoy the ride. Enjoy yeah. the ride. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I, I, I thank so, thank both of you so much for sharing your journey and uh, letting us, getting us a sort of an inside scoop on the mental and emotional gymnastics that it took to get to the point that you are. And uh, it's, I think it's going to be super helpful and reassuring, I think, reassuring to know that, you know, if it's feeling difficult, it's okay. I mean, it, it is difficult. It's not a sign that the problem yeah. is you. Yep. A hundred percent. It shouldn't be easy. It, it... I, you know, at some point you do hit a stride, but it, it should never be so comfortable that you don't question yourself. I think that's where the danger is, isn't it? How dull, how dull how boring. Would that be? Yeah, to know it, how boring to have all the answers. Well, that's great. Thank well, thank you, you so much. It's been great chatting. Yeah, this has been, this has been really fun. I hope you enjoyed this episode and found it helpful. Be sure to subscribe so that you can be notified when new episodes are released. If you've created a business that's a force for good and you'd like to share your story of challenge and success, go to questio.us slash podcast and click on the share my story button.